Good morning, church family. Welcome to those at home and in the room. If you're a member or a guest, it's good to be together on this Sunday that's all about love. Now, I'm struck that we talk about love. We talk about loving tacos and we talk about loving our kids. We just have this one word and we use it for all different kinds of meanings. And that tells me we have a deficit in love. You see, in Seattle, where I'm from, we've got rain, a lot of rain, which means we have a lot of words for rain. It's spitting, it's misting, it's buckets, it's raining, it's pouring, uh, and on and on. And we use them. So you kind of know where you're going. If, you know, if it's misting, nothing is canceled. Get out there. <laughs> um, and, but we have no snow. So when it snows, the only word is snow. But in Alaska, they have all these words for snow. And so it's just in a place where we, don't, where we use the same word for a lot of different meanings, that's the key indicator that we don't have enough of something. We don't have enough love in our society. And that's super important because Jesus took the sum of all the law and prophets and said, what are you supposed to do? Love God and love others. He put the whole thing on love. So we've got to learn what it means to love. And we find on his very last night with his followers saying his last words, he said, a new command I give you to love one another as I have loved you. You cannot do this type of love on your own. You can't think it better, choose it better, muscle it better, work harder at this love. You have to first know the love of Jesus. That's why love is called a fruit of the spirit. We have to be connected to God to have this type of love. So today we're gonna look at Mary, the earthly mother of Jesus, and we're gonna see how God loved her. And that same love is available to us. I'm gonna invite the Dashiell Nishisaki family to come up and get the microphones and get set. I wanna give a few qualifiers about Mary. In the Christian church, we've done a few things with her that aren't too good. Sometimes we swing one way, come on. Sometimes we swing one way and we worship Mary. Now that's not right. And then other times we swing the other way and wanna ignore her so we don't do the worship thing. And Jesus had the response for us for this. In Luke's gospel, a woman came to him and said, blessed is your mom. And Jesus said, blessed is the one who hears my words and obeys. Hears and obeys. That's what makes one blessed. And that is what made Mary blessed. She heard and obeyed. And that same is available to us. So thank you, three generations. I'm Steve Dashiel. And these are two of my daughters, Jennifer and Carol, son-in-law Scott and two of my grandchildren, Madeline and Felix. I have been coming to Lake Avenue Church for 50 years. I started when I was in graduate school. I met my wife, Anne, here. Married her here. We joined Berean's Adult Fellowship within weeks of its founding in 1976. And those people helped me get through her sudden, the aftermath of her sudden death two years ago. 
I'm Jennifer, so I've been here my whole life, won't admit how long that is. Uh, these days, uh, Scott and I lead the Fidelis adult community together with our just wonderful friends, and we hope to have a long tenure like Bereans. Uh, and I also lead the Pre-Choristers Choir, and Carol and I did not match on purpose today. I am Carol, um, also been here my whole life, weirdly enough. Um, grew up doing all sorts of church stuff here, music mostly. At this point, I mostly just pinch hit when the bell choir needs a substitute, so. Our scripture reading this morning is from Luke 1, 26 to 45. Please stand for the reading of God's word. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, How will this be since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left Mary. At that time, she got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea, where she, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And now we light the fourth candle of Advent, the candle of love. Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. I don't know about you, but if someone said that to me, 
I'd think that was good news. We kind of, when we're going to look at Mary's story, we have to step into her shoes. It's almost like we've got to pull out our phones and we have to zoom in and push the 0.5 button, well, zoom in and push the 2.5 button to get really close when we're taking a picture. And so as we look at Mary and we zoom in, we see that she's greatly troubled. She's fearful. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, what am I fearful of? What am I afraid of? I was struck this week looking at Christmas hymns in our, in our own hymnal on 124, Come Thou Long Expectant Jesus. Hear the words of this hymn. Come Thou Long Expectant Jesus, born to set thy people free. From our fears and sins release us. Let us find our rest in thee. We often talk about what Jesus does in getting rid of our sins, but I also think that Jesus helps us get rid of our fears. That it says in the scripture, in the first letter to John chapter four, that perfect love, God's love, drives out fear. And so we watch as fear is gonna do that this morning for Mary. So first, let's, let's, zoom on, let's zoom out and see. We hear this story for us and what looks like good news. We hear things like, your child's gonna be great. And words like, they're gonna have a throne and they're gonna reign and they're gonna have a kingdom. You know, to a girl in a society without a lot of power, to a no-name family, to a woman that's part of the outside minority group, to hear that your child's gonna be great, that they're gonna reign and have a throne, that's not just great for your child, that's gonna be great for you, great for your family. This is good news, but it's troubling news. And the Spirit of the Lord is kind through the angel to say, don't be afraid. I've got a plan. And, I, and it comes in to the form of the Lord is gonna be with you in this. And just so that you can grab onto this and hold on tight to it, I'm gonna give you some random good news that there's another miraculous baby coming for your cousin Elizabeth, who's way too old, who never had a child. And we know in that society to not have a child meant there was an assumption deep down that there must be some sin somewhere, that God wouldn't give you a child. God's removed the favor of a child because you've done something wrong. So even though Elizabeth and her husband's a priest and the scripture says they're blameless, we know society must have murmured a little bit about the fact that she didn't have a child. So to, for Mary to hear, your cousin Elizabeth is gonna have a baby. Well, that's pretty miraculous news, and that is actually good news. And so that good news is gonna be this little piece of hope for Mary. And so Mary says, okay. And not everything makes sense. My world seems like this doesn't feel like good news to be pregnant. It's not good news for her because she's not yet fully married. She's betrothed, and in that society, it's counted like a marriage. That for that next year in betrothal, his family's gonna be creating the extra space, the extra house next to the house where they're gonna live. Her family's gathering the dowry. And Mary is supposed to be showing her faithfulness 
by not being pregnant. That's part of the betrothal time. And so it's really not good news for her to think that she's pregnant. And what will this guy think that she's engaged to? They haven't had sex. And so, of course, that's going to mean not just shame for her, but actually considered adultery in that society. To end their betrothal would be divorce. For her to be pregnant with someone else's baby is adultery. And adultery is punishable by death. So when we zoom in on Mary's scenario, it feels really scary to her to be pregnant. And when we zoom out, it feels really awesome that the God of the universe is coming and doing something unique and special with her. And what happens here is the angel helps her zoom out and helps her understand that this is gonna be good news. I want you to go and trust this little piece. And let me tell you, church family, Jesus is always good news. When the angel comes later to the shepherds, it says, I will bring you good news, which is great joy for all people. That is who Jesus is. And sometimes we get confused when we share the good news of Jesus. We zoom in tight. And we start with in the middle of the story and we say things like, you're a sinner and you're going to hell. And when we start with that, even though there's a piece of truth in that, we start with that in a society that doesn't trust the word, it's not good news and they turn off. We have to back up and we have to tell the whole good news story. We have to start at the beginning. The beginning for you is Genesis when God made us special of all creation, we're made in God's image and God says we're very good. That's the starting point of good news. Now, it's not, a, it's not we don't dance around the fact the truth is we are sinners and this world is broken and there's a lot of fallenness and mess and that's why there's fear and God of the universe, God on high, glory to God in the highest, has come low to a baby, to a no-name family, to an outcast, and been vulnerable to be right there with us. We sang this morning, God with us. That's the crux of the whole gospel, is that God is with us. God was with us in the beginning, longs to be with us now, comes as Jesus dies on the cross in order to create that with us relationship. And the good news doesn't end there. We get revelation where God is with us and pulls us close. And it is God's self that wipes our tears, that takes broken things and makes them whole, that heals us. That's the good news. That's what we have this holiday season and forever. And so the first thing when we get love, the way that love drives out fear is it's good news. And Mary got more good news from Elizabeth because God works through people and brought her more good news. Mary hearing my, my cousin's pregnant, I'm pregnant, what's going on? I'm gonna go and make sure. She goes to Elizabeth. And I know Elizabeth has been alone for five months in this pregnancy. She's in her sixth month and she's holed up. She's quarantining. 
She's not seeing people. I don't know why. Is she trying to protect the baby? Is she and her husband embarrassed because he can't speak and something happened to him? But they're hiding away and Elizabeth comes and interrupts them. But Elizabeth's not the only one that comes and interrupts them. The Spirit comes and interrupts Elizabeth also. And when the Spirit interrupts Elizabeth, the Spirit gives good news for her to give to Mary. Blessed are you again, that she gets this good news. No worry, your baby is blessed. And I note between these two women that there might have been some tension if love wasn't covering over them. Mary had every reason to be jealous of Elizabeth. Mary getting pregnant means society shame as they wouldn't trust that it was a, uh, a baby born of supernatural means. Elizabeth getting pregnant means the taking away of her shame, right? So there's this jealousy that could be there. But then, but then Elizabeth might be jealous because it's pretty clear Elizabeth here knows that Mary's baby is somehow even more, even better than Elizabeth's baby is Mary's baby. And yet there's no jealousy, there's no envy, there's no pride, there's love here. And Elizabeth just blesses her and tells her your baby's gonna be blessed, I know it. This is, this is good news. So the Lord brings us the good news of Jesus, the good news through one another. That's the wrapping in love that drives out fear. I wanna challenge you this Christmas. You've got people you're interacting with and they need good news. You know, Dwayne uh, and I got to go to Disneyland and cheer on the choir. I got to bring a plus one. I brought my son so we could enjoy Disneyland. We spent time with Dwayne and his wife. And the day after we were at church and Dwayne, he took the time to come up to me and list some things about ways that I'm a good parent. And those were words I didn't know that I really needed. We need to hear the affirmation from one another. We can whisper good news over one another and drive out fear. I note that Mary stayed for uh, three months. So think about, do the math. Six months, Elizabeth's pregnant. Mary stays three more months. So this is a key time. And yes, it's likely that Mary did a lot of physical help for Elizabeth, who at the end of our pregnancy, we get a little tired. <laughs> but also I know what an incredible space that this is for Mary. Remember, Mary, if she's caught in adultery, if it's brought out publicly, she can be stoned. She needs a safe resting place. So the second thing that love does in casting out fear is it does it through protection. And so Elizabeth and Zachariah become a safe place for Mary for a couple months. A place not only to, to get what we normally think of hospitality with food and a bed, but that safe place of rest, of protection, of watching what's coming. She gets that coaching and mentoring. Oh, this is what it means to be pregnant. Probably this is what it means to go through labor. Here's how Elizabeth is preparing for his, her baby. I'm gonna need to do that. And spiritual encouragement. 
If you read later on in Luke 1, the Magnificat is this great set of scripture where Mary praises God. There's none less than 15 references to the Old Testament scripture in that part. Mary is bathed and wrapped in scripture. And part of that, I think, is because she's in the home of a priest, getting that spiritual encouragement, helping her make sense of what's happening to her so she's prepared for the future. So church family, when I'm thinking about this hospitality in our modern way, I'm thinking about boxing a little bit. In boxing, you're out there and you're fighting in the middle and then what do you do? You go to your corner, right? You go to your corner and you've got your coach and they tell you how you can fight better and your coach ties your hands, uh, the, the, you know, punching things that you got, ties them, <laughs> whatever those are called. <laughs> the coach is giving you extra water. The coach is giving you um, uh, a safe place. No one can hit you when you're in the corner. You get protection. We need a corner sometimes, amen? I know I need a corner. You likely need a corner. God is our corner, and God also brings other people to be our corner. You've got resources and abilities to be someone's quarter, corner. That's what it means to do Christian hospitality, to be a corner, to be a protection place, to give them that spiritual encouragement, to give them the coaching that they need, to live life with God. What resources do you have that you can share in a way that gives someone else a corner, a little protection from the roughness of life? We need it right now. Now I notice in this story, Joseph's pretty quiet and slash silent in uh, Luke's gospel. We don't know much about him. We hear he's there, she's betrothed. And then next week at Christmas Eve on Friday, Pastor Chuck is going to preach in Luke 2, Mary having the baby, Joseph's there. He's there. That's where Joseph is. But I think there's something really important about the fact that Joseph's there. And I think it's part of how God drives out fear. Because I note that Joseph is incredibly patient. Matthew's gospel tells us that Joseph... Uh, did not have sex with Mary. He took her in to have as his wife, but he held off until after the baby was born. Look, sex is part of marriage, an exciting part, especially if you're newly married, and he's taking the time to wait on it, to be patient. And when we talk about patience in our society, we're often talking about it like the nice way to say someone's weak. But that's not patience, the way the scripture talks about it. Patience is this passionate pursuit of righteousness. It's a long suffering. I'm willing to keep going the distance. It's a persistence for something. So Joseph is delaying because that's what's most kind to Mary right now. He's gonna wait. And we need to be more patient. We need to lower our expectations, sometimes of the people closest to us, to give them time and room to grow. 
that patience is exactly what God offers us. My children's Bible describes God as a God with never stopping, never giving up, always and forever love. And that's what God does to us is endless second chances of patience because God wants to be with us. That patient fervor, passion that God has for us is the invitation we have to love others. That type of love drives out fear because it gives people time to try again. I had someone come to me several years ago, someone I considered a friend like family. And they told me they never wanted to see me again. And it broke my heart. And I tried an olive branch and my husband and I prayed. And we went years without seeing this individual but I had a piece of hope and hope is, hope is what we need for patience. And after many years, our larger friend group, there was a moment and it made a lot of sense for me to have a party, but also it makes no sense to host a party for someone that you haven't spoken to in many years. So I asked my friends to pray and I threw a party and I was as gracious as I could be and at the end of that party, they came up to me and they just said they were so overwhelmed that I would be so kind after all these years. And could we start again? Love is patient. I know that you all have broken relationships in here. We all do. But we hold a sliver of hope and we wait for the spirit of the Lord to say, now's the moment. Offer another olive branch. Now's the time. We're patient with one another, and that drives out fear. The last thing I notice about how God loves Mary through Joseph is solidarity. Mary didn't really have a choice. I mean, I suppose if she said no, maybe God would have found someone else. But Mary, God said, I'm gonna put a baby in you. She did say, and she did claim, I'm your servant, Lord, do. So she stepped into it. And so I'm, I'm claiming that she heard and obeyed. But really for Joseph, when the angel came and told him, you need to marry Mary. I know you wanna be quiet about it, which is awesome in and of itself. That's an expression of love. He's trying not to publicly ruin her and not to dishonor her. But the angel said, no, I want you to marry her. I want you to step right into her problem. Marrying her is gonna mean people are gonna assume that baby is yours, which means you're gonna be assumed to have had sex before marriage. You are not gonna be considered as righteous as you were before. You're gonna step into her problem. And you're gonna be a step-parent. Hello, step-parents are hidden heroes because they're joining in the problem, right? They're like, I'm gonna do the, I'm gonna give my finances, my time, my energy to walk along with you and help you raise this child. That's what Joseph's doing is joining her in solidarity. And by doing that, he's lightening the burden and it's driving out the fear. And the God of the universe 
That's exactly how he loved us, with solidarity in coming in and walking with us to be the person Jesus Christ in solidarity with us. That's what we have with God, that love. And we have an opportunity to do that for one another. Just last weekend, I was having a baby shower. Just so you know, I don't have parties all the time. But <laughs> I was having another party, a baby shower for a dear friend. And um, I walked out. Now, I, my house was not clean. There were groceries all over the counter. Um, it was a mess. But the party wasn't until four. So I thought I could leave church and get home and get ready in time. Because I bought a lot of stuff at Costco. But when I walked out to my car after the end of church, which it was, I had a flat, and not a little baby flat, like a flat, you know, like that, don't drive that car even 10 feet flat. And I called my husband, and he starts trying to tell me how to, I'm going to change this tire, which I haven't done in 20 years. Sorry, Dad, I know you taught me, but I've really forgotten. <laughs> my parents are here today. And, um, but I... I just was like freaking out and I'm like, can you just come? I just don't think, I, like my brain is on overdrive. And so he just got in the car and drove 40 minutes back. Thank God he did because the car was at an incline and so it was actually very tricky to change the tire and probably outside of my capacity. And while he was driving, I called my teenage kids who do not want to clean. And I got on the FaceTime with them and I'm like, I need you. I need you to help me, mommy really needs you and you don't have to clean a toilet. <laughs> but you have to take the Halloween decor from the backyard and get rid of it. <laughs> you have to put away the groceries, you have to move the chairs from the garage into the backyard. You, you, uh, I, just, I stayed on for 45 minutes and just told them chore after chore after chore and they did it. So proud of them. They don't always do that, just so you know, but they, they solidarity with me. This is my problem and my party. And they said, okay, mom, I'll do it. They helped me. And we have an opportunity to share the burden with people and join them in it. And so I want to ask you, where are you called to join the struggle? Not with an agenda and not for your own pride. And really honestly, to let someone boss you around. A lot of times we wanna join the struggle and tell them how we're gonna fix their problem. Now I actually want you to be like, I think Jesus wants us to be like my kids. Say, okay mom, what do you want? What's next, what's next, where do I go? You need to let someone else lead, but you're sharing the burden and you're showing solidarity. This is how we show love. This is how we, with God's love, through the Spirit, drive out fear. Now I brought up today my son's old baby blanket. He wants to make sure I tell you this is not his everyday blanket anymore. <laughs> but the security blanket, right? Security blankets that we hold on to. And I'm thinking about some of my own security blankets. Marriage, my job, the paycheck, insurance, vaccines. But they're... They're, those are all things I have, and they are all good things that I believe God gave me. They are no guarantees. Our only security really is from God. And so I took note when I saw Charlie Brown. Raise a hand. You know you've seen Charlie Brown Christmas. We've all seen it, right? I've seen it a lot because I really like it, and I play the music, and I annoy my kids with it. First time ever, I saw it in new eyes. You know Linus, 
You know the blue blanket. He goes everywhere. He's nervous and afraid, but he's got his security blanket. I think sometimes he sucks his thumb, right? He's holding on tight. He's gripping. But for some reason in this Christmas story, when he gets onto stage and he starts telling the truth of Jesus and the love of Jesus and how God is with us, when he quotes the angel and he says, fear not, he drops his security blanket because the Spirit of God is with him. The Spirit of God is with you and that love drives out fear. That's what we have. I want you to end with me today in a responsive reading. We've looked at, we've come to find that good, new, that good news casts out fear, that patience casts out fear, solidarity casts out fear, um, that the corner, what did I call the corner, Chuck? Protection casts out fear. We've seen God do all that in love. And we've walked around with love. And so I wanna invite the musicians to come forward. I want us to read 1 Corinthians 13 together in a responsive reading together. I want you to look at this great chapter of love with all of that in your mind and how God loves you this way and you have an opportunity to love others this way. Please stand for the reading of the word. It should go up on the screen. If we speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not love, If we have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, if we have faith that can move mountains but do not love, if we give all we possess to the poor and give over our bodies to hardship that we may boast but do not love, love is patient. Love does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they'll be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it'll pass away. This is the word of the Lord. Let's remain standing and sing of the greatest love ever given. <laughs> Let's sing the gospel together. How deep the Father's love for us. How vast beyond all measure. 
I do hope you come Christmas Eve. We're online and in person at 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. 4 p.m. is especially family focused and 8 p.m. has all manner of music. So we hope you're here. Please, if you're a regular attender, do a couple things for us. Park over at Gateway. So that gives more space for new people to come. And for all of us, let's wear the mask to help people feel welcome and safe. And as I end, I want you to know, if you're in the room, we have prayer up here and through those doors, praying about good news, praying about fears, you can come right here for prayer. If you wanna connect and learn how to take your next steps here at Lake Avenue Church, right outside these doors in the lobby, they're wearing lanyards, they can help you connect. Our volunteers wanna do that. If you're at home, 
How do you do those things? We've got a phone number and you text prayer or connect and they'll help you do those things and a different phone number to help you give. So just take a screenshot if you're at home and you can pray, connect, or give. Now receive the benediction. God, these people long to give up the security blankets and let the spirit move in. God, help them do that. Be right there with them and lead them forward in love, casting out their fears and casting out the fears of our world. In Jesus' name, amen.